ditch the fairy tale princess, it's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to announce our latest brand sponsor, Legendary Foods. Legendary has created a unique treat that I'm obsessed with called the Protein Pastry, aka an adult Pop-Tart. That's right. Say goodbye to compromising on flavor for nutrition. If you're hungry for something better than a protein bar, you've got to try the Legendary Protein Pastries and Sweet Rolls. If you're like me and you're on a mission to eat better, build muscle, tone up, or even increase your protein, these are an incredible way to eat what you love without compromising your diet or goals. Y'all know that I love eating healthy and advocating for a strong body, but sometimes we get those sugar cravings and I need that fix. That's where Legendary comes in for me. These go-to high-protein, low-carb treats curb my sweet tooth while also helping me hit my protein intake for the day. I know you're going to love these as much as I do, which is why I begged them to be a brand sponsor for the show. They were so generous and gave us a discount code, which you can find below in the show notes. So hit the pause button right now and go order yourself some. I can't wait to hear what you think when you try them. Now let's dive into today's episode. Yes. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited for today's guest because I met her probably a little over a year ago at a women's event that I attended in Arizona. And she was one of the speakers and one of the, I guess, panelists slash she had a booth. Wasn't quite sure who she was. But we met after she spoke on stage about her journey into entrepreneurship and into becoming the founder and CEO of Your Tax Coach. And she is one of those women that she's just real, raw, relatable. Barbara Shrihan is the founder and CEO of Your Tax Coach, and she's the creator of The Write-Off. She is not only the voice behind the Life-Changing Money podcast, she's also a kick-ass tax, tax strategist, business coach, and all-around master when it comes to wealth and finance. She aids businesses, business owners and high net worth individuals in saving tens of millions of dollars in taxes while also growing their profits. When she's not leaving her team coaching clients or dreaming up new goals for her company, you can find her drinking coffee, my girl, and hanging out with her family and traveling the world. She literally was on her way out the door to Africa right before we recorded, right after we recorded, she said. And I'm just struggling with words today. It's fine, you guys. And I don't edit my show much and you get what you get. But... What I was really excited about during this conversation was just how simple and easy and calm you can be when it comes to your taxes, right? It's like a privilege to get to pay taxes. I know it all feels sticky and annoying and frustrating, like, you know, Uncle Sam's taking half our money. And in some states, they literally do take half your money. But we talked about the ease in which you can start to save and plan. And the reason why this episode is titled what it is, like, are you planning for your end game? Retirement is one of those things that I think I avoided like the plague when I started my career because in my early 20s, I, I wasn't thinking about my exit strategy. I was thinking about how do I break into an industry that everyone's told me is not a real industry? How do I make money? How do I prove that I can make six figures even in this industry when I was told 100% that it wasn't even a real career? So y'all know that I've semi-retired from the beauty industry and I'm full into podcasting and the new agency has launched Media Unscripted. If you haven't checked that out, go follow us on social media at Media Unscripted, where we have officially, my partner and I, launched a full podcast media production agency where we take care of everything when it comes to you launching, starting, growing, scaling, monetizing your podcast. So, so freaking excited. As you know, if you listen to the show or if you're brand new, welcome. 
Podcasting has become my obsession, my love. I love spending time with you when you are out for your walk, driving in the car, need a friendly voice to hype you, hype you up, lean on, whatever it might be. And also, I was always one of those people that wondered, how are they doing that? What is really going on? How did that person get there? And when I launched this podcast back in 2020, in the throes of being locked down during COVID, I didn't see this vision for myself. I couldn't see it, right? I was still stuck in the mindset of victim, right? My salon had been closed six months after I opened my dream space, and I just couldn't see through the clouds. And I started the podcast on the premise of the industry being closed and us being really frustrated in a time where all I knew was I could be the person to give our industry a voice. And when I say the industry, I mean the beauty industry, the one that raised me. I spent over 22 years of my life in the industry, and I'm obsessed with the people who work in the beauty industry, whether you are behind the chair, own a salon, or one of the reps, or have anything to do with the industry whatsoever. I salute you for being so hardworking, so dedicated to your craft, so people-driven and oriented. You are the true people-pleasers of the world. And I say that with the deepest amount of respect because being a people-pleaser is the reason why you're good at your job. And that title and that name somehow got fucked up along the way and people think that that's a bad thing, right? You're good at business if your aim is to please your customers, right? That makes a great customer experience. That makes you you. You give a fuck. You have empathy. You can connect with people. That is a magic skill set that, to be honest, not a lot of people have. So if that is you, like, pause for a second and just put your hands over your heart, close your eyes and say, I am a bad bitch. I do big things. I hold massive amounts of space for people. I am amazing. I take on a lot of other people's energy. A lot is expected of me, but I have the capacity to give because I have a growth mindset and I come to podcasts like this to get my cup refilled and to be reminded that I'm a bad bitch and that I can do all the things that I set my mind to do. And this podcast is your friendly reminder because everything we talked about in this episode, I know you already know. You know you should be saving more than you spend. You know you should be on some sort of budget. You know you should be paying attention to your numbers and writing down every single dollar that comes in and every single dollar that goes out, right? You know you should be planning for retirement. You know you should be reading books on money mindset so you can learn to hold more, right? Because for so many years, I thought I was good. I thought hitting six figures in my business meant I made it, right? Because I came from a generation where doing hair wasn't a real career and making $100,000, $200,000 was not normal in this industry, right? Creatives, artists, they struggle. That was like the, the norm. That was what I was taught. That was what I was conditioned to believe. And when I busted that ceiling, I, I, I put myself in my own glass box at around, I don't know, 150 to 200,000 a year. And I sat there and I sat there and I sat there and I couldn't figure out what was holding me back from the next level. How could I scale myself? What could I do in my business? And honestly, if I had paid more attention to my numbers, I probably didn't need to make more. I needed to do more with what I was making. I needed to learn how to invest even just $20 a week, $200 a week into retirement accounts that can grow my money, little investments that I could see double down 10, 15, 20 years down the road. But sometimes when you're so new in your business, you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're living dollar to dollar. And if you're in a creative-based industry that doesn't have a structured income where you're getting the exact same amount of money every two weeks, 
it can feel a little restricting to even sock away $20 a week if you don't know you're going to make any money that week. So this is for the person who hasn't really paid attention enough to their numbers, who hasn't yet quite planned for retirement. My girl Barbara and I jam out about a few of those things. She shares her story as to why she's so dedicated to helping people figure out how to save money. She reminded us that you can't afford to not have an accountant or bookkeeper, no matter how new you are in your business, and that you should really pay attention to whether you've become an LLC, maybe you're ready to become an S-Corp, and how those different legs can help you save more money in your business. So pay close attention to what she's saying. Go seek out more information. Listen to her podcast, The Life-Changing Money Podcast. Tell her you found out about her on our podcast here at Unscripted. And I wanted to just remind you, you'll hear later in the episode, we talk about her new course, The Retirement Course. It's an evergreen course. You can grab it any time. And then you have access to her lives in that when she does them quarterly. So you can get that one-to-one questions asked and answered. But there is so much knowledge on her Instagram, your tax coach. And there are so many things that they can help you, free resources you can tap into. So tune into this episode, take some notes, pay attention. It's a shorter one. But I brought her to you because sometimes this shit is one of those things where we're like, oh, I'll worry about that later. Oh, I'll figure it out later. Oh, I'll think about retirement in another couple years. I'm here to tell you the sooner you think about it, the sooner you pay attention to it, the sooner you start paying towards it, the sooner you can retire, the sooner you can understand, do I need to be working five days a week? Can I take that fourth day off? Can I can I only work three days a week? You know, learning where you where you want to go, figuring out where you want to go can help you understand what you need to do today. So let's dive into the episode before I give it all away. And remember, I create these episodes for you. So when I hear from you what you need, what you want, what you like, it helps me so much when I sit down to think about what it is you need to hear from me today. And please know that I am so fortunate and so grateful to you tuning into this podcast each and every week. I truly, truly, truly want to hear from you. And my DMs are always open. You can always reply to the emails I send out weekly with the podcast drop in it. And I just want to remind you that you were put here to do amazing things. And if you have found that you've been playing small recently, this is your friendly, loving, hype girl, just style reminder to get your ass out of the sand. Get your ass out of the sand. Get your head out of the sand. Yeah. And, and, and get out there because the world needs your magic. Okay. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited for today's guest because we met, what, like a year ago? And I think we're finally getting the opportunity to sit down and have a real conversation and share some of the amazing gifts that she has for entrepreneurs to take better care of their finances and how I like to say, get their shit in order. So girl, welcome to the show. It's so exciting to finally connect with you in real life. I guess this is our version of real life these days, right? (laughs) Thanks for having me. Oh my God. Okay. So there are so many things that I know you know how to help people with. I wanted to dive in first because we just spoke about something that you recently created with your team that you were like, well, maybe this is something people would be interested in. And I'm like, absolutely. Let's kick off with that because I don't think we talk about retirement often enough. I think there's so many new early stage entrepreneurs who are just kind of getting their fingernails into their business that yeah. like the thought of retirement seems so far away. They're still trying to figure out how to make their first, you know, 500 bucks in their business. Yeah. But for those future multi six figure, seven figure earners, what can they start to think about now in the early, early stages of their business 
that can help them say things less like, I wish I would have done this when I first started. I feel like that's me. I'm having like flashbacks to my early years in the industry doing hair 20 years later thinking, I definitely know a lot of shit I should have started doing way back when. Yeah, I would say like literally just start now in terms of retirement. So we just came out with a retirement riches roadmap is what we're calling our course. And I created it because I I, jo- I always joke around like when I'm with my girlfriends, we'll be like, oh, my gosh, your jeans are so cute. Like, where'd you get them? Or like, we'll end up talking about sex or like whatever. But like, when do you ever ask your girlfriend, hey, what are you doing for retirement? Right. Like nobody talks about it. And it's like this like weird hidden world that's like, oh, we don't have to worry about it now because we're like in our 30s and like just having fun and making money and you know, growing our wealth. But like, that's such a huge part of it is we need an exit plan. We can't work forever. And you need to start saving now for retirement so that you don't have to save so much later. And like in the course, I go through the numbers. But if you start saving like in your early to mid 30s, you have to put so much less away than if you wait till you're just in your 40s, right? Like just 10 years later. And so I would just say just start now. Like even if you're like, I don't even really know what retirement accounts are or where the money's really going. Like when I started, I just started putting away like $20 a week is what I was doing into an investment account. And the more I could get used to saving and investing, then I obviously started like saving and investing more. But the key is just to start now. Yeah. I mean, that is always the biggest piece of advice across the board for not just saving money, but starting a business. I mean, doing a lot of things, right? Because I feel like, I don't know, I'm sure you've been told this before, but I feel like you're kind of like a personal development and growth coach slash speaker disguised as someone who runs like a tax agency business. Because I've seen you speak and I watch your stuff on social media and I love that you've taken something that you've mastered and learned and then created this avenue to get in front of people who really need it, right? Because you're showing up at events, you are talking about the things like you just said that maybe people aren't talking about. And we can be as inspired or aspire to be like someone all freaking day long. And we can even make money like them, right? I'm, I'm talking air quotes now. But if you don't know how to retain the money you're making, if you don't know what to do with the money you're making, if you don't really have a clear path like of your exit strategy, you won't be motivated to sock away even 20 bucks a month or a week like you were talking about. So I'm thinking back to my hairdresser friends who, I mean, man, they 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 would spend it faster than they would make it. Yeah. That was you know? too. Yeah. And honestly, once you start just like putting your stuff on auto pay or auto save, it's so much easier, right? Like that $20, I had set it up on auto deposit. So like that $20 just came out of my account every week and I didn't even notice, you know, kind of like whatever the $8 lattes that we're talking about now. Back then it was $5 lattes, but you know, inflation. Uh, (laughs) And so you don't really even notice it gone anymore. So like just set it up on auto. So then you don't have to worry about it. Totally. So, okay, how can we give the listeners some quick tips on saving money when it comes to taxes? I know we've just passed tax season, but it's something that is reoccurring and it's something that you don't just pay attention to when your taxes are due. This is something that if you pay attention to throughout the year, you can be more mindful about how you spend your money and less inclined to say things like, well, that's probably a write-off. 
you know, I think getting definitive of where you are in your entrepreneurship journey, what industry you're in, everyone has different, you know, parameters around what's acceptable to write off, how much you can, what you what you can and can't get away with. What would you say to somebody who is newish in business, is making a decent amount of money, maybe it's a little sporadic still, like they can't they don't have guaranteed income each and every week. Yeah. Aside from sticking that twenty dollars, or let's say we even go as far as socking away a hundred bucks a week. Is there any strategies to saving more money in taxes when it comes to starting a new business? Yeah, for sure. I mean, to your point, taxes are not just like an April 15th problem. It's an all year round problem. And it's honestly business owners number one expense if you let it be right. Like taxes can be 50, 60 percent depending on what states you're in. And even if it, even if you're in the 20 or 30 percent tax bracket, like that is a huge chunk of your money coming in every single month that you have to then give away. And so I would say, like, plan for it all year long. But if you're like, well, what does that mean? Like plan for it. Right. Like your tax person, your accountant, your bookkeeper should be talking to you all year round about how to save money, about what deductions you're taking and which ones you can add in. And how you're structured, like probably in the beauty industry is like the number one industry I see people misstructured. So like a lot of times in the beauty industry, people will just like they get their certification and they're like, sweet, I'm going to start a business. But they're just a sole proprietor. They don't have their LLC yet. They're sure not an S corp or a C corp. And then they start getting busy, busy, busy behind the chair and they never change their structure. They never get their LLC or their S corp. And like just changing your business structure can save you twenty to forty thousand dollars a year. Wow. And like how long would that take you to make an extra twenty to forty thousand dollars? So it's like worth it to pay attention to, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if someone doesn't have an accountant and doesn't have a quote unquote assigned tax person that they can trust and rely on to give them solid good information like where does someone who is brand new who's finally stepped into this role of entrepreneurship and what's funny is of course I'm always going to reference back to the beauty industry because that's where I started but in the beginning I didn't have anybody to help me with that I I couldn't afford an accountant are there ways that we can do this ourselves so that we can pay better attention to it when we're finally ready to hire because I find that to be true now in my journey with entrepreneurship doing other things that You kind of need to know what to hire for before you hire it out. Yeah, for sure. I think there are some things you can do yourself in terms of like, you know, keep good track of your expenses. Every time you spend money on something, add it to a spreadsheet or if you have QuickBooks or something like that, like make sure your deductions and expenses are dialed in. But that's on you to keep track of, right? Like keep your receipts, put things on your calendar, make sure all those expenses are added in because even if you did hire an accountant or a tax strategist like us, we're not mind readers, right? Like we can't be like, oh, on, you know, March 2nd, did you have brunch with your girlfriends and talk business with them, right? And so you have to keep track of those things. But to the point of like, maybe we can't afford it yet, I would say you can't afford not to then because even if you're just paying a few thousand more in taxes, What if like all of that could have been back in your pocket? So really, we didn't cost you anything. And that's really our goal with your tax coach is like, 
you know, maybe you're paying us $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 to file your business and personal tax returns. But how much are we actually saving you? And we tell you that when we file your taxes, we we have the numbers of like, this is how much you would have paid based on what you gave us. And this is how much you paid because of all of our cool deductions and strategies and, and all of that. So we didn't cost you anything. We actually made you money. And that's how your tax person and accountant really should be is like, they shouldn't cost you anything. Mm, that's huge. I think the majority of people don't look at it that way. And I think anyone who's starting a small business or, or an independent business needs to start here first, because I think if it's not budgeted into your business, you probably shouldn't start your business. Because if you try to do all the things in your business, it's it's going to end poorly. You're not going to enjoy it. So if if doing your own accounting and your own bookkeeping and all of that isn't your zone of genius, but it's being creative or it's doing the hair, we'll give that as an example, or it's podcasting or speaking on stages or hosting retreats, it's probably not this other stuff. So leaving these types of things, these zone of geniuses to the people who enjoy doing the numbers, who enjoy finding all the deductions for you and figuring things out. Like that's one of the biggest pieces of advice I learned from Chris Harder was to hire shit out before you're maybe quote unquote ready for it, because in the end, it will save you. Yeah, You might be out of pocket in the beginning, but like you said, at the end of the day, it's not a April 15th problem. It's a, it's something that you need to pay attention to every time you make money throughout the week and month and every time you spend money. Yeah. So I think I wish I would have had you as a best friend growing up. That would have been like, yo, girl, <laughs> we do not need that $20 latte brunch. We need to put that in our pocket and count our money in a bank account. So I know you have a ton of resources people can come and check out. Where can we find some good stuff to learn some of this if you're brand new to paying attention to your numbers, but you know it's something you really need to do? Or maybe you've got a little bit of a grip on it, but you know you could always learn more in order to get ahead faster. Where can they start? Yeah. Our Instagram, like we're on the daily giving out, you know, tips and tricks on how to save in taxes, on how to be more organized with your finances, on retirement, like we kind of already chatted about. Maybe it's bookkeeping or just business best practices, right? So follow us on Instagram, your tax coach. And then there's like so many good books out there or podcasts. So for just like saving money in taxes, I love Tax-Free Wealth. I think that's a really good, easy to read book for business owners. We actually read that book as a as a company. I made my whole team read that book and they loved it. And we recommend it to all of our clients. But I also just read like a ton of money mindset books and courses because I think just the better your money mindset is, you can just like rewrite a different story, right? Like taxes don't have to be scary. Money doesn't have to be scary or daunting or gives you anxiety, you know. And so I love Amanda Francis. I love everything she does. I love her course. I love her book. I love her podcast. So I would say like Amanda Francis is a great resource for that. And I don't know, just look up like money mindset books and different authors will kind of, you know, pique your interest depending on your personality for sure. Totally speak to you. And it's funny because talking about money mindset, like, I, in my industry and where I grew up, or well, I should say I, I did business, I hit like a glass ceiling early on and thought, oh, I quote unquote made it. Like this is as good as it gets as a hairdresser and I did it. So I kind of had hit that ceiling and it was funny when I started to put myself around other entrepreneurs, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like I can't yeah. make more than this. Like I started to meet hairdressers who had diversified how they were bringing in different streams of revenue. And I was like, wait, 
wait, like, how come no one told me I could do this? Yeah. And I think it stayed simple with just the income from behind the chair. But then as I started to expand in becoming like a travel stylist or doing things in different capacities to make money, that's when like things like taxes and bookkeeping and accounting got more complicated because, you know, back when I was an employee of the salon, I just got my, you know, W-2, did my taxes, boom, boom. And then I started to have you to pay attention and then the LLC and then the S-Corp and then opening the salon. So as you grow, you know, I think the biggest piece of advice you could ever hear or get is to get help. Get people who know what they're doing and set your business up right from the very beginning so you're not having to backpedal and figure things out backwards because I know we're we're all as a human species so resistant to A, asking for help, B, paying for the help sometimes, and then C, even doing what we're told, even though we know it's going to help us. Like, yeah, for sure. Why is that? So, okay, so you have this amazing company. How did you start? Like, give us the backstory of how you got into this business. Yeah, I was in college and originally my major was business. Well, actually, if I go back even further, my like first major was criminal justice. I started college at 16 because I graduated high school early. And so I went to community college first and I thought I wanted to do criminal justice. And then when I was 18, I started working at a prison. Kind of crazy story. Anyways, so then I was finally at like university, like not community college anymore. So my major was business. I thought I wanted to do marketing. Well, I did want to do marketing. And then I got pregnant. And so I went to my career counselor and I was like, I'm pregnant and I'm freaking out and I need a major where like 100% on the day I graduate, I'm going to have a job because I'm going to have a baby. This was my junior year. And they were like, well, then you have to switch to accounting. And I was like, accounting? Dang it. Which I had always been really good at math. So it did make sense a little bit, but it still sounded boring to me. And but I ended up getting a job at the number one accounting firm in the world and had a job offer before I graduated. They kind of convinced me to get my master's in taxation. So I went right after to get my master's in tax. And when I started at that company, I was like, this is what people strived for for so long. Like, you know, I got to that corporate world, like worked on floor 17 and like we but we were working 100 hour weeks. There were sleeping pods on every floor because you had to work so many hours. It was like this tanning bed thing. It like closed and like got rid of sound. I mean, I was in Silicon Valley, so it was all like the really cool techie stuff. But I was also like, I'm also not learning very much because it's such a big company. They have you work on one line of a tax return. And I could just like see the writing on the wall. I was like, they pigeonhole you for a reason. So you have to stay. And so I got out of there as soon as I could. And I worked at like various other tax firms. And I just kept being like, there has to be a better way. Like, why are people working so much? Like they're working us so much. We can't even reply to our clients. Like the communication sucks. We're not actually helping anyone. All we're doing is filing paperwork for them so that they meet a deadline. But we're not actually saving them any money in taxes because we don't have time to do that. Right. We don't have time to think about their situation and like offer them ideas. Or if we did, like, how are we going to implement it? And so I was literally on Christmas Day of 2019. I was crying to my husband, just telling him like how stressed out I was. And like I had the firm I was working at, they got the largest check they ever received from a client because of work that I did. And 
you know, I should have gotten a bonus from that or a commission from that, from getting that client. And I didn't. And so my husband was like, well, what if that client was your client? How much money would you have made? And I was like, well, I guess the same amount. And he was like, why don't you just start your own company? And honestly, like in college and my master's program, they like put this corporate ladder in your brain, right? Of like, first of all, they're like only one, one of you in this room will ever be a partner at an accounting firm. So that was already in my head of like, wow, only one of us. But I did say in the back of my mind, like that, that, that'll be me, of course. But it's like, you're supposed to do this. And if you work there for two years, then you're a senior. And if you work there for five years, you're a manager. And maybe at year 12, you'll be a partner. And so I just never thought of it, of like owning my own business. So when he said that, I was like, shit, like light bulb moment. I don't know why I never thought of it. And that was Christmas 2019. I started my company 1-1-2020. And like the rest is history. Now we have 26 employees in 15 states and clients all over the world. And it's crazy. That is a freaking awesome story. And I love your <laughs> husband so much. Right? Thank God. Is he an entrepreneur? So what's funny is he, we met when I was in Silicon Valley. He was at the Language Institute in Monterey, California for the military. So the military was teaching him French. And so he'd always been in the military. I tried to tell him like six years ago, I was like, can you please get out? I'm so tired of deployments. Like he was gone my whole pregnancy, like gone. He came home for birth and then I was gone, you know, another six months and we'd lost friends in war and just like all these things and, you know, moving every two years, you know, no big deal. Just moving across the dang country multiple times. Not stressful at all. No. And like I told him six years ago when his contract was coming up, I was like, please get out. Like, I'm just so over it. And he didn't. He re-upped for six years. And but I don't blame him. Like at the time we needed the money and he didn't really have an exit plan. And I think they were offering like a $10,000 signing bonus or something, which at the time to us, that was like the freaking lottery. And so he re-upped for six years and then his contract was up last year and he's out. He's out. And now he helps in the company and does all of our sales and leadership. And it's amazing. What a beautiful story. I love that so much. And, you know, honestly, I feel like there's always pros and cons to every situation, right? Like we talked to how many women are married that wish their husbands would go on some sort of deployment. And then there are women who like, or, you know, men too, that their spouses leave. I, I love that so much. And it makes so much sense looking back and you hear so many people that come from the corporate world where they were fed that ladder to climb and it's very clear on how you get there and it's it's almost this crippling you know it's going to take this long and then this is going to take this long and then yeah. I see people step into entrepreneurship and six months in they're they're hitting six figures in their business or you know there's these things that just didn't seem attainable before but when you step out on your own and you use what you have and what you know right you went for that little bit of marketing that person who was in college at 16 years old who wanted something different I mean I can see that in you now, like looking back at how I've seen you show up, like all of that makes sense now as to how you are who you are today. Because, you know, even when you spoke at Rachel's event, I was like, are we talking about Texas? Like, we're not, I don't feel like we're talking. <laughs> what is going on? I love this girl. Who is, 
Like, because at first you're like, oh, you know, you think something like that. You're like, this is just going to be boring. And then you get up there and I'm like, no, this is very not not boring at all. Um, Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So how did you get into like the entrepreneurship world and, and getting yourself in rooms like that to show up and, and talk about the things that you do? So when I was working at a firm before I started mine, I was in a lot of debt after college, right? Like I had a kid in college. I was paying for his daycare on credit cards. I had student loan debt. My I had to buy a new car and my credit was so shit that when I bought the car, it was like a 15% interest rate. Super not good situation, right? So when when I was at that firm, you know, they'd pay like a five or 10% commission on any clients I would bring in. And so that's where I focused my time was like, and that's kind of how I've always, I'm, I've never like been a budgeter. I'm always like, how can I make more money? Right. And so I needed more money to pay off my debt. And so I was trying to find ways to get clients for that firm. And I was using my personal Instagram at the time and just kind of talking about what I was doing each day, like helping this client and how was I saving cl- a client like this? And, oh, I'm working on this construction client, blah, 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 or even just what coffee I was drinking. And it like really worked. It piqued people's interests. And like I got a bunch of clients for them. So then when I started my company, I was like, Instagram is where it's at. And I'm going to go like all in on taxes on Instagram, which all my friends are like, who's going to listen to a tax person on Instagram? And like, that's so boring, right? And blah, blah, blah. But nobody was doing it at the time. And people loved it. And so like our following grew pretty quickly. And I actually forgot your question (laughs) now that I'm now that I'm blabbering on about Instagram. But I think it was about, oh, entrepreneurship. Okay. So, so then, you know, we're all in on Instagram and marketing there and I find it to be really fun. And I think just showing up on stories every single day kind of laid the foundation. That sounds so silly saying that, but lays the foundation for, okay, now I want to do like webinars and now I want to like teach people for an hour and not just on 15 second clips on Instagram. And so I would host like webinars or Zooms. And then I would reach out to other entrepreneurs and be like, hey, can I teach your audience about how to save money in taxes? And so I'd do like Instagram lives. And then, but I had never heard of like coaches or masterminds before I started my business. And then when I started getting them as clients, I was like, what is this? These people are making like so much money and they're just like life coaches or like, you know, hosting business events. And so I joined a mastermind and that really kind of started my like speaking career because they would ask me to go on stage and then like everyone that was in the group you know they all have their own audiences and stages and all of that and so I just kept joining masterminds I kept speaking and um then started my podcast last year and it just kind of grew from there like I don't know practice small and start in small stages and you'll get to bigger and bigger stages and then I spoke on a stage of 5,000 people. That was my largest stage so far. And yeah, that's amazing. And I want to plug and point out how you mentioned that you hadn't heard of masterminds before, but you were meeting these people who were making you know, a good amount of money doing what they were doing, and you decided to join one. So what would you say was the catalyst for saying, I'm in, I'm curious, yeah, because I know a lot of people hear me talk about the various masterminds I've been a part of that I worked with. And 
I think it still leaves them a little curious. Like, why, why would a mastermind be for me or what can I expect? And obviously they're all different, but what was it for you that made you finally say, like, I should join one of these? I will say, like, if you join the right mastermind group, they'll always kind of vet who they are, who the owners are, who their members are, what they're doing, kind of what their core values are. Because I'll say, like, there's some bad groups out there, right? But for the most part, you're going to find really amazing groups and, like, find people that you align with and vibe with. And you'll just know when it's right. Yep. And... Like the first mastermind I invested in was the most amount of money I'd ever spent in my business. It was over $40,000 for this mastermind. Since then, I'd, I've spent like $60,000, $100,000 on mastermind groups. And it's because it collapses time for you. So like how much is it worth it to you to get to your goal like years faster, years faster, right? If you just meet one person in that group that can change the trajectory of your business, it's worth it. If you make one lifetime friend from that group, it is worth it. Like I've joked with people before, you're kind of paying for friends. But honestly, it's like, where else are you going to find them? Where else are you going to find like driven, successful, amazing entrepreneurs? Because you're not going to find them usually, you know, just like, out and about at a coffee shop or, you know, playing with your kids at the park or whatever. And so really it collapses time. So figure out what your goals are. How is that group or owner of the group like going to help you collapse time? That's amazing. And then where does the podcast fit in for you and your your awareness out into the world, right? Because we know podcasts can be that connecting piece besides something like social media that's like, free for people to get to know you, free for people to learn from you and get into your world and Mm -hmm. kind of like have access to you at a a obviously free price point. How did you know that it was time to start a podcast? Oh, gosh, I didn't. I was peer pressured into it. (laughs) I I didn't want to do a podcast for one. I was like, who wants to hear me talk for 30 minutes? You know, like, who am I? It's all that imposter syndrome, even though like, right, I speak on stages. But that's like a one-time thing. It's like, oh, cool, you're at an event. You hear her talk one time. For me, this was like, oh, every week? Like, who's going to show up every week and listen? But my entire team was like, you know, podcast is the next thing that needs to happen. And then everyone in my mastermind groups, they all have podcasts. So they're like, this will really help your business, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, fine, I'll try it. I don't have time for this. But it did like have me delegate even more. So that was good. Because I had to delegate more stuff in order to have more free time. Like podcasts take a lot of time. And so I started, I hired a podcast editor from the beginning. Like I do nothing, I will say like I do nothing with my podcast except just record the episode. Like all I do is show up. I don't even know really how to use this dang road thing. Like I just press on and hope that it works. So if you do want to start a podcast, like I would say hire a team to do it for you because I don't have to think about it at all ever and then weirdly enough like when the podcast came out like people listened and we now get thousands of downloads every single week which I'm always like who's listening to these but it's all about money mindset because I really think that was the missing piece with our business owner clients it's like okay we're helping them with taxes we're helping them with finances with retirement but there's still this like missing piece of like Sure, you can make more money and you can save more money. But if you still don't have the right mindset of like, I am worthy, I deserve to keep this, whatever your money 
blocks are, it's always going to hold you back. And so that's what our podcast is focused on is really the money mindset piece. And so we just we interview successful entrepreneurs on kind of their money mindset journey and how they've gotten over their money mindset block. And me too, right? Like for people that know my background, like I grew up in a very chaotic household. Like it was very abusive and a lot of addictions. And like, if I can do this, anybody can do this. And I really wanted that message out there because if I could help one business owner start a business or fix their money mindset and make more money, like then my work here is done. I will say I've so far helped two friends start businesses that are wildly more successful than they ever thought possible. So that's That's exciting. And that's, and it's that, Mm -hmm. that's the piece where I, you don't, when you're coaching someone, right? Like this looks like a call, you're one-to-one with somebody, you're seeing the reaction, you know what's going on. When I used to do hair, same thing. I could see the, you know, joy or, or maybe they weren't happy. Like you could see instantly what was going on. But with podcasting, it's so interesting because you're just putting content out there. You're putting information out there for people to take and make their own or find themselves in your stories or, you know, use that information to hopefully better their life. And I always try to think of that one person that maybe this one episode could help. And that's what keeps me in the game of podcasting too, because I know that people are going to want to learn from you today. I know that the questions I asked you are helpful. I know that people are either going to be reminded of what they already know through this episode. They're going to be like, these two girls are talking about shit I really need to focus on because I actually do have some money mindset shit. We all do. I don't care what level you're at. There's always a new level to explore if if you have a growth mindset, which is pretty much 99.9% of people who listen to podcasts. So, you know, you being able to help people in different ways and not realizing that you were going to have like this money mindset podcast, but I love your friends that bullied you into doing it. That's the power also of committing to these mastermind groups and then being in a room where people push you outside of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and expand your goals and visions way past what you thought. They're like, that's cute, but actually you should do this. Yeah. Which is 10 times harder and bigger. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like. That's not what I signed up for. So that's so cool. You guys go check out the Life Changing Money podcast. Barbara is just full of knowledge when it comes to all the things. She's been there. She gets it. She's not someone who just woke up and had it all figured out. Like, I love working with people or talking with people who, you know, have been through the ringer with the rest of us. And I think it makes you so relatable and it's so powerful, you know, hearing you share your story on stage that day at Rachel's. I was just like, this, this she she not just knows what she's talking about business wise, but she gets it. And it's why I see you continue to be so passionate about running a company like you are so you can really help independent entrepreneurs, especially those of us who don't have it all figured out and do need the help saving, you know, even a couple hundred dollars a year is life changing for a lot of people, let alone thousands of dollars, you know. So what would you do with an extra ten or twenty thousand dollars a year? right? Maybe you could invest in a mastermind or start a podcast or start that dream business and get out of a situation you might not want to be in. So stay close to people who are having conversations that make you feel slightly uncomfortable. I used to lean way the fuck away from shit like that. Like, oh, I don't need that. That's not me. And now I'm like, oh my God, I'm so confused by what they're talking about. I better listen to this and read that book. And I have to read that book twice. And then I have to ask somebody to explain it to me again. And I've just... I think now in my 40s, I'm okay with saying, I don't fucking know and I need help. And you're right about the mastermind being the catalyst to skipping the line and helping you grow exponentially. Like I wouldn't have a podcast of this size if 
it wasn't for watching people around me do it and seeing how it was benefiting their business and you know, committing to the discipline of showing up for things there is, is the way that anybody gets where they're at. You know, it's rarely a one and done. So I recently launched a podcast agency called Media Unscripted. And so we're over here just really trying to support people like you are with taxes, but with podcasting, because I want people to be able to just stay in their creative zone of genius and record the episode and forget about it. Love it. So hire, so hire her new Media Unscripted and start your podcast. <laughs> And talk to your tax coach professionals to make sure that you are saving more money than you're spending. Because at the end of the day, that's really what a business is, right? You can make all the money, but if you're spending more than you're making, I don't know that you could actually call that a business. I think it's just a really crazy hobby. Yeah, so true. (laughs) Oh, girl. Okay, you guys go follow her on Instagram. Barbara, thank you so much for your time. I love connecting with you. And I am always over here a raving fan and trying to learn all the things. So you guys check out the podcast again. It's called the Life Changing Money Podcast. All that stuff is in the show notes below. And tell us what you learned in this episode. What are you going to do? What are you going to start implementing today? Is it 20 bucks a week? Is it 200? Is it, oh shit, like I should be doing more than I'm doing? Stay away from the things that inspire you to keep growing and investing in your future. And if retirement is something you haven't really paid much attention to, maybe a little bit, maybe not, maybe it's time to check out the retirement course that they're offering and get your shit in order. I can't speak more highly to figuring out what your exit strategy is going to be because it helps you understand in real time, like, do I actually need to be working five days a week, 10 hour days, or can I work a little bit less? Do I need to save this much? Do I need to like, it helps you figure out the plan. And when you have a plan, you have clarity. And when you have clarity, you're more confident. So that's what we're all about here is pulling back the curtain, helping you figure out how to get from here to there. It's not a mystery. And women like Barbara are making sure you know that it's easier than you think. So check out the course. And again, let us know what you think of the podcast. We love hearing from you. And we'll see you on the next episode of Unscripted. Thanks, Barbara. Thank you. Which one of your girls needs to hear this one? Send this to someone who could use a smile, some encouragement, and a little love from this edgy podcast host. Much thanks and all the love.